Welcome, listeners, to Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and we are joined today by Taylor James, who is the host of the Waffle Shop Podcast. Thanks for joining, Taylor. Thank you for having me. It's genuinely like a real big pleasure. Yeah, this is something we've been... pressure, then. Yeah. <laughs> we've, <laughs> pleasure. We've, been, uh, we've been coordinating, talking with one another for a while, had some reschedules, so... The, the fact that we're doing this just shows how committed we were to getting Absolutely. this going, even after some hiccups and, and our, both our <laughs> busyness. Which is a good point to <laughs> bring up well. is that you are my first international guest on this podcast. So oh, wow. That's well, no pressure then. Yeah. If I had an award <laughs> to give for that, I would, but that's, that's, awesome that we were also able to connect when we are not mm-hmm. actually that close in proximity yeah I, so, but I think that's what this whole kind of I don't even think it's the pandemic I think you know this whole kind of like podcasting world has that ability to kind of connect you with people to hear their stories their journeys and kind of give you that real big sense of kind of community and support like I thought it's 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 quite overpowering but in a good way yeah, for sure. And the other first that I'm going to connect this to is not only are you my first international guest, but your podcast was the first one that I ever started listening to that focused on mental health. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've listened to other ones that were, you know, some of the the bigger name popular ones that were on various topics of, you know, like motivation and success and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but when it came down to actually listening to a podcast that focused on mental health, yours was the first one that actually got me into that. Um, I don't take compliments very well. And I get, <laughs> I, I get very like, um, yeah, I don't know. Thank you. I, yeah. hey, that That's that genuinely hand on heart has made my week. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to articulate like how I'm feeling right now, but like I'm all like that means so much. So Thank tell you. tell me what <laughs> what got you interested in wanting to do something with mental health? What's the background to that? Which it's really interesting because up until about four years ago, I didn't know what it was. Like I'd heard of it and like heard people talking about it, but like I've just I wasn't I'd never experienced mental health issues. I'd never kind of, I did, you had like the normal kind of like struggles kind of like growing up and stuff like that. But like, I never really experienced something like really hard hitting and kind of traumatic. Not that you have to experience that to have mental health issues or challenges. Um, But yeah, I went through a stage where I nearly lost my mom to an operation that went wrong. And in that kind of process, I like overnight, I had to become like a father figure to my younger sister. I had to take on the family home, keep my career going. You know, my mom was, they were telling me like my mom wasn't going to live. You know, they were saying big, long words. But to be fair, these aren't big, long words, but they're the only ones that I remember now. Right. Things <laughs> like, like a brain damage and like comas and life support machines. And you kind of like, like terrifying what words. The hell? Yeah. yeah. Like what, what has gone on here? Like in a matter of hours. Um, so then in that kind of process of kind of, my mum went through a very heavy stage of kind of rehabilitation where she was learning to use her hands again. We weren't sure if she was ever going to talk again. And yeah, 
I was spending up to like 12 hours a day by my mum's size, kind of like, like squeeze my hand, like just give me a sign that like you're there kind of thing. And in that process, what I didn't realise was happening was my mental health was like deteriorating at a rapid rate with just the weight of the situation I was in. But I did that typical thing. I was like, nope, I can do it by myself. Like I've got this, I can do it. When now looking back, what I was actually experienced were like severe panic attacks that I just kind of soldiered on. I just thought I was like, really unfit (laughs) but now it's probably the other way around (laughs) and I'm panicking I'm just really unfit walking up the stairs um but yeah we kind of got to a stage of January last year um 2020 and mum was in hospital again she had aspirated pneumonia they sat me down in this little room again and just like you know there's nothing more we can do she's not responding And it was like a flip, kind of a switch, sorry, that flipped in my head. And it was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I've got actually got genuinely like nothing left to kind of give. And I say this and, you know, it's this does sound really heart hitting. And so obviously there is like a bit of a trigger warning here, but like I didn't want to continue living my life the way it was being lived. I didn't necessarily want to not be here at all but I just didn't want this kind of like you know all the sympathy of everyone feeling sorry for us like the parental responsibility the weight of like managing a home like no one prepares you for this kind of stuff and literally overnight I had to kind of step into it and my humor is my biggest coping mechanism so that had gone so automatically I was like something's changed like like I'm not I'm not feeling myself and it was actually my little sister and my best mate who noticed it and I kind of just I just blurted it all out I was just like I can't do it anymore and they they pushed me in the right direction to get some help that's great yeah Yeah, that was a lot of information yeah but your story (laughs) highlights quite a few things that even like what started with a physical health issue with your mom is so easy to be like, well, this is a physical issue. This is a, but you know, physical issues of a loved one can, you know, trigger mental health issues Mm -hmm. and and even of mental health issues of, you know, close ones and loved ones. And then even you're trying to find, as you're experiencing some of it, you're then trying to find reasons for why, well, this isn't this, this is, it must be this, or it's only that, but at some point it just got to a point where something in you was like, this is more than just, you know, like normal stress or normal anxiety. It was the corridors in the hospitals. Like, and I, and I think everyone gets a little bit uneasy in the hospitals anyway, but I remember it was, I don't think it was, it was a few years after um, my friend had their appendix out. um, And I went to visit them while they were in hospital and they, I didn't realise the ward that they were on was the same one that my mum was on when she was wow. there. And I think I was in there for probably all about 10 minutes before I full, full-blown panic attack, like clutching at my chest. I was like, I, I, like, I, like, I love you to pieces, but I, I need to leave. Like, I can't be here. Literally dropped off the grapes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> enjoy your grapes, but <laughs> I've got to leave. Like, so, yeah, it's... What what it's now turned into is obviously is, is post traumatic stress. 
So even if I get like a withheld or unknown number, call me, like I automatically slip into that kind of headspace of like, it's the hospital, something's happened. And yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in. And I kind of, I speak about it quite candidly now because I have done a lot of kind of healing throughout this past year. And there's something that I'm obviously really grateful of the pandemic for, because obviously my mum's now in a neurological care home. Like she's, she's doing really well. Um, but I didn't have to be there every day. And it's kind of taught me that regardless of whether I'm here, whether I'm not there, it's inevitable what's going to happen. And it was kind of accepting that I can't control this situation. And that to be fair, is probably one of the biggest bit of a kind of blessings in disguise this pandemic has given me is that, you know, like focusing on what you can control can really make your kind of mental health mindset, physical health, whatever it might be so much better because you kind of feel like worrying is a real waste of time because it's like you're worrying about something that might not ever happen. Right. And then kind of, if it does happen, you've kind of put yourself through it twice, which isn't the best thing to say with someone with anxiety, but <laughs> do you know what? it's just this up, kind of thought yeah. process. <laughs> You also end up worrying about a lot of things that don't happen. Like, even though you're thinking like that one could happen, you worry about, you know, 10 scenarios that never do. Do you know what it always reminds me of? Is, you know, you know, in Endgame and Doctor Strange is like, he's like, he sat down and he's kind of going through every different kind of version. He was like, oh, how many? I think think it's like (laughs) Iron Man. He's like, how many do we win? And he goes, one. I feel like that's what anxiety is like. Yeah. <laughs> like your head's going around <laughs> all these different scenarios. Now what's going to happen? Which situation is going to happen? Just the one. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably not the one that you've just been worried about. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, we, we spend so much time worrying about all those other ones when they can't even all happen. Like there's, there's yeah. two different scenarios that can't happen at the same time. Like either this one would yeah. or this one wouldn't, but the anxiety has you worrying about both, even though they can't happen at the same time. Yeah. So that that's a that's a great um, movie comparison to, <laughs> to that. To be fair, you'll probably find throughout this chat like that's how I kind of <laughs> relate. Yeah. 90% oh yeah. Of my kind of. <laughs> I love doing that with with movies or film or TV shows. I, I often recommend yes. a lot of stuff like that. And I have an interesting question with when your sister. And your like best friend saw something concerning. Do you think they realized that was mental health, or do you think they realize that just something isn't going well and we just know he needs help? Or do you think they actually recognize mental health? See, my sister did. My sister is very because there's there's an eleven year difference between me and my sister. So um she's very kind of empathetic and she's very kind of clued on to like the world a lot more than what I am so I feel like when she was saying this kind of stuff and when she was raising those concerns she knew what it was but she's also had that kind of because she she's had friends that had kind of been through it and to a certain degree she was going through that kind of stuff herself I feel like kind of once that conversation started the pair of us kind of got to a stage where it was like right okay we talk about this now 
like whatever it is, however big, minor it is, we talk about it. And I think it kind of filtered out to my mate. I think my mate noticed it more from like my sense of humor. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to leave the house. I was just constantly like constantly like negative. And it was just kind of like my whole personality completely changed. So I think that's how my friends saw it. But I think my sister saw it more firsthand because like when I used to get that phone call, like I, I haven't got it now. Like I used to have like an old like metal framed bed and I used to literally just like grab like the end of it, like the metal bars. And I literally just used to like freeze. And it was, yeah. Good for them, though. Back. Yeah, it, but good <laughs> for them though. Instead of like telling you it's no big deal or like toughen up. Yeah, or, I'm incredibly lucky like, to have yeah, a support network. Yeah, they, they gave you some good help and support and it because they were able to recognize it too with their own experiences. Yeah. So what led it to this, this mental health issue and your experiences to all of a sudden wanting to do something like a podcast? How did that idea get born? So I've, I've always listened to music, always got my headphones in. I'm always kind of at a gig or a festival. So I've always kind of and even like the same with radio I've always been in that not been in that but like I've always wanted to be like I've always like kind of surrounded myself with people who like the same things in that kind of respect and when all that happened and I was like okay I'm I'm at rock bottom and when I was like okay I need to start talking about this now it was in a way of like how do I do that how do I talk about it? like I was so I wasn't shy but I was, I was never the, the loudest voice in the friendship group. I was always kind of like, if we went for beers or anything, like the other lads would like be the loudest. They would do all the like talking and I'd just be kind of sat there still involved, but not as kind of loud. Um, and then I was very lucky to get a therapist um, as through my mum's place that she was in. And I had four sessions but then the pandemic hit. So these kind of cogs were starting to turn and I was starting to open up and get things off my chest and kind of really starting to process the kind of trauma or the series of unfortunate events, as I like to call, like to call mm-hmm. it. Um, and my sessions had to come to an end because obviously, and it was either I run that risk of going backwards and, you know, having those kind of feelings return and you know I'm not gonna lie like I was scared of those thoughts and feelings that were popping into my head and you know that thought of like kind of like not wanting to be here like I was like no like I, I, I'm, I'm I'm a happy person like I'm I love you know life in general you know so it was like right okay start a podcast like start something and I went down to like my auntie has like a little kind of like holiday home kind of thing I went for a little break had a few days away had a few beers a few tequilas and I was like I've got this idea and my auntie was like just do it do you know what what's the worst that can happen just do it and I'm now kind of sat like a year on even like having this conversation with you like that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have took that step out of my com- comfort zone and it has genuinely changed my life so, yeah, um, that's amazing. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, the part about that is too, 
so many people that, you know, I've worked with in my career as, as clients and patients with mental health, substance use mm -hmm. issues and all that. And those moments were all of a sudden like, oh yeah, therapy's done or something's canceled or something is not there anymore it is a big reason why some people, they stop what they're doing then yeah. and they don't go, they don't find something new to do or they don't go somewhere new. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they fall back into that, which you highlighted, you didn't want to do that. Yeah. So you really adjusted to something that you could have been like, well, my therapy ran out and you know, that's, that's that you could yeah. have done some blaming, some rationalizing, <laughs> all that type of stuff. But you saw that there was a need to keep doing something to help you with it. And then now this podcast came out of it. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud of kind of what it is, but I think, and like, don't get me wrong. Like I get so overwhelmed, like even like from what you said at the start of this, like so overwhelmed, like, cause I, I'd never thought it was going to do that. Like from a selfish point of view, it's like, it's helped me understand mental health. It's helped me understand myself. Like it's really helped my confidence. So that to me is the biggest kind of, thing that I'm proud of that getting out of my comfort zone and kind of you know not being this scared like scared to fail which I'd had like that whole situation I was in with my mom I was so scared of putting a foot out of line because of the impact it would have on everyone else so when this pandemic hit and even with the podcast it was like right no this is your thing now like you you run with this like you found a new passion and you know it, it has changed my whole outlook on life like you know, there is no need to be scared of failure. Like you either, you know, you either mess up, people would have forgot about it by tomorrow anyway, because something new would have happened. But at that same time, but like you would have learned something from it. I know for next time, like, oh, okay, I won't do that. I will learn from this. So I'm kind of, I'm in that frame of mind of like being so scared to fail. Whereas now I'm, I'm like, I'm scared to try new things because I think especially with the situation with my mom, it's really taught me that I'd rather regret something that I have done than what I haven't. Yeah. That's the amazing part is, you know, I like your candidness about, you know, what, what you get out of it too. And yeah. what's that motivating? It sounds so selfish. <laughs> so selfish. <laughs> it's great though, but it's, it's what you need for your, your well-being and your mental health, but it also yeah. helps others. So it's not like taking from anything or taking from anyone, but it is something that's giving to you. That's also giving to others. Yeah. You know, I don't see it. That's as what it was like when, when the first episode went out, I, I didn't literally, I, I think I turned like social media off, like all my notifications off for like the day. Cause I thought everyone's going to laugh at me. Everyone's going to think what the hell is this? And it was the complete opposite. The amount of support that I got because everyone knew the situation that happened to my mom. And whenever you were having a conversation with someone, it was all like, oh, how's your mom? And it was kind of, this it sounds so narcissistic, but it was never like, oh, how are you? How's things? Or when I was asked that, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, it's, all, it's kind of like just being there for my mom. And it's kind of, it, it's, really solidified to me that like we all regardless of like your your background how much money you've got in the bank your job we're all feeling these kind of emotions and 
it just it's like something unlocked and it was like this is what you're supposed to be doing and I'm so proud of the fact that even now like like when we obviously when we were allowed to go to the pub my mates talk about it my mates talk about like how they're feeling and beforehand I don't think we did that so it's it's little things it's the little wins like that that I'm so proud of I mean all the kind of like the numbers and like the charts and stuff like that like don't get me wrong it's it's great but it's a million miles from what this started for and you know the fact that it's helping people and it saves me a lot of money f- on therapy so I'm just going to keep going until yeah <laughs> Until I'm 100% better. Yeah, your waffle therapy. So <laughs> exactly. That that's a that's an, a good point though to to get into the podcast itself. The whole waffle concept. I'm sure I'm not the only person that when I thought of this, I was like, is this just <laughs> someone sitting down like eating waffles with somebody? <laughs> but what? It, I wish it can, was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can you explain the waffle concept? Because I'm sure there's still a lot of people that don't know exactly what that is. So, so in the UK, um, someone who talks a lot, like myself, like I just tend to just keep going. They're con- they're sometimes like referred to as like a, as like a waffler or like they're waffling on or they don't shut up. And I've got a friend who um, that's his kind of nickname. So to be fair, like I have kind of nicked his name. Um, but it just kind of all like felt right. Like just having that safe space to go and talk and have a waffle and, you know, there's no judgment. We're not here to sell anything. We're not here to like, Oh, look at me. I'm doing this. It's just like a real genuine, honest chat. And then the shop part was like the place that you go to like get you like your necessities, the stuff you need to get through the week. And then when I said it out loud for the first time, I like <laughs> sound so <laughs> so cheesy, but I got I got goosebumps. And I was like, oh, I feel like this is something. This is something now. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> it is mad, but yeah. Unfortunately, it's not about food. Yeah, but I, I love it because when when you first told me about that, I was thinking about in the work that I do with therapy sessions, and sometimes that's with you know individuals, with families, with couples that I work with. Mm-hmm. When we are having talks or services in relation to like substance use, mental health, yes, those are like some very serious conversations. And sometimes yeah. when you talk with if I'm working with a couple and I say, Hey, you guys need to work on your communicating. You guys need to, you know, sit down once a week for 30 minutes and just start having some conversation. There is, I think some uncomfortableness with it. There is this, okay, we got to sit down and have a serious talk. That's what I love about the whole waffle concept is like, it doesn't have to be so heavily filled with like, this is really serious. We have to really sit down and have this, you know, important life conversation, yeah. but we do need to find a way to sit down and talk. I think that's what it is. And you, you've literally, you've hit the nail on the head there because especially in the UK, like the mental health conversation is very, it is very serious. Obviously mental health is a very serious conversation. You know, I'd be stupid to say like it wasn't, but for me, I can't relate to serious things. 
Like I've had enough serious conversations in like hospitals over the phone to last me a lifetime. I don't want to have any more of those kind of conversations. But if I can kind of encourage other people and, you know, have a chat and well, waffle probably I should have said, so it's all on brand, <laughs> but to have like that safe space and, you know, put a smile on someone's face on, you know, that's what to me is about. And it's very much like kind of like being what I needed at that time when I needed it the most. So if it is just listening to two people talking absolute like crap about random things that like wind them up or, you know, their journey, like I, I love hearing other people's stories. And I think especially when it comes to mental health, like hearing someone else go through a similar thing than what you you've been through it will give them the courage to talk about what they've been through or even encourage other people. So it's the whole ripple effect that it, that it has. I think it destigmatizes the idea that like having a conversation means, well, somebody must've done something wrong. Somebody must be in trouble. Somebody must yeah. be not doing well. Somebody there's normally something going on that someone who is asked to, hey, we need to have a talk, there's probably someone within that whole system there where there is like some shame, there's some embarrassment, there's some worry, some fear, some doubt. And we don't want every conversation to just be built on that. We want some to be built on things that are still good to talk about with mental health, but can be like about humor can be about strengths can be about like positives can be about good experience like it doesn't always have to be let's let's we have to talk because there's something wrong we can talk because there's a lot of other stuff going on as well hey you literally you, you speak in my language like it's exactly that like it's i think it is about finding what works for you like i mean you know yourself that there is not one size fits all for any of this kind of stuff whether it is you know mental challenges addiction whatever it might be you know one thing that works for someone else might not work for the next person so it's kind of about kind of exploring what works for you and it just so happens that one this works to me for me but it's also kind of had that, again, that ripple effect. And it's led to having these kind of conversations with like-minded people. And I can't stress enough like how important it is to be around like-minded people like yourself, where you can have this very open conversation. You share those opinions. Like we've never ever met and we've got this kind of like same passion. And to me, like it kind of blows my mind. because It's like, I didn't know any of this existed. It, it honestly and it, I think it is about kind of you know being patient and finding what works for you yeah and I think even us talking even just now I know like if you and I were to have like a waffle here and there I know every time I come to that I would probably bring some kind of movie reference or show reference yes I'm gonna to, hold and, you to and, that now and whether it is something <laughs> serious that's to talk about or whether it's just something that was insightful or something that was motivating either way I would know that that's what I would want to bring with and yeah. that doing that I know our conversation no matter what the topic would be better for both of us yeah completely agree so that's just where I really think this whole idea of a waffle is a game changer 
and, and how people can have these talks and conversations and discussions with one another, whether it's professionals, whether it's family members or loved ones, you know, whoever it might be, there's no, no limits or boundaries to, you know, two individuals or a group of individuals sitting down and, and having a waffle about these types of issues. Yeah. It, it's, and I, I love the fact that it's like universal as well. Because like you said, like when it comes to like those serious conversations, no one wants to have them. But this is kind of like in a weird like way of kind of adding like a bit of a positive spin on it. And I think that's kind of, but you've had that, that's, that's me. That's like, that's like my like personality. So, you know, like the fact that it's kind of led to the, like it honestly, blow, I keep saying it, but it honestly blows my mind that it's actually led me to like <laughs> this conversation now. Yeah. You're the one thing I've, love about your podcast is the variety of guests you have joined you have joined you is like absolutely incredible you know i've listened to a lot of other podcasts and you can kind of see you know some of the the guests that people have on you know fit a certain type for their show but your podcast i mean i'm just gonna list off some of the (laughs) the individuals who have been on your podcast but you know you've had a psychiatrist you've had other podcast hosts you had a chiropractor you've had a reality tv star a celebrity dating expert you've had authors you've had musicians you had an mma fighter you've had a chef a youtube sensation you've had artists you've had mental health advocates i don't know where i've seen and i don't know all the podcasts out there so little disclaimer here but i've (laughs) never seen such a wide variety of guests how how do you do that i honestly don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think it you know what i'm i'm very this is gonna sound make me make me sound like so like i don't even know the word of this is gonna make me sound like but i like people with a story i like a personality i like you know, someone that isn't all like the kind of like the doom and gloom, like my face is hurting from this chat. Like this is how I know like stuff like this is like, I'm talking to like the right person. And then that's how I like it on like the waffle shop as well, because I don't know where the conversation's going to go. I do minimal prep when it comes to like, I mean, I've got like pointers that I know I like I want to talk about, want to ask, but everything else is just like, see where the conversation goes but i honestly i don't know i'll be just scrolling through instagram I'm like oh they look interested <laughs> let's ask them if they yeah. want to come for a waffle <laughs> that's great though but it's such a variety of people and in their backgrounds and their stories it what it does when i see that and when i i look and see well you know who he has on next and, and what's their background you know it's not that they're just an author who wrote a book or you know they're not just this you know person who's a a specialist in mental health, but you look at areas and you'd be like, huh, I wonder why there's a chef on there about mental health or, oh, there's a chiropractor on there with mental health. And what I'm getting to is you're showing that mental health not only is a part of a lot of people's lives, but that it's almost, it's okay that it is too. I mass that's just getting me goosebumps because I massively appreciate that. And that's kind of like the driving force behind it because, and I think I'm kind of laughing and joking about it, but 
on a serious note, like the reason why I have so many different kind of levels of people on there with so many different backgrounds is because I want it to prove to people that regardless of where you're from in the world or what you do, these emotions that you're feeling are normal. And, you know, it, it really gives me like drive and kind of that fire in my belly. And it's, it's really funny because reaching out, this is the power of reaching out. So, you know, if you're thinking about doing it and like, Oh no, I don't know how it's going to be received. You need to do it because that psychiatrist that you mentioned first, I reached out to him to talk about like ketamine treatment, which is obviously over there. It's over in the UK. It's like a party. Well, I think everywhere it's kind of like known as like a party drug, whereas there's like a real kind of movement with like the psychedelics and stuff like that over, well, over your side of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, gr- it's um, growing. I just saw an article the other day about ketamine and other stuff too. So, I mean, it's, it's growing. Um, exactly. And it's so interesting. So I, I reached out to him, started talking to him. Um, obviously he came on the show for a half waffle, slowly became friends. And now because of that conversation, I now have a job in New York city as part of that practice so as soon as this kind of pandemic has obviously but it's not going away for a long time ago but as soon as it's safe to travel i'm actually heading over the pond to your side to host and produce a brand new podcast for his practice yeah so the wall is so are you bring the waffle shop with you i feel like this is like my baby now i don't think it's going anywhere <laughs> but <laughs> so it's coming where, to where us. are you based yeah. where are um, you based wisconsin is that near you new york not near New York. It's more of a Midwest. So it's a shorter flight, yeah. but it's more in the very cold area, the, the dairy state, oh. the cheese state. Um, oh, I don't like the cold and I'm lactose intolerant. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great I'll that you're, you that you're coming out here. Yeah. So I'll that's, have that waffle in person. That's exciting stuff. But those are some great connections people make. You know, I, I that's why I enjoy you know, I enjoy talking in some of my episodes, I just do my own talking about some an important issue or a topic or or something. But I love really mixing it up with the guests because of learning a lot about them. And then people, you know, reach out to me and they want to be on the the show. Um, and, And those conversations just drive more of like normalizing that this is something to to talk about and address and bring up and that there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the great part. You're when you do interview people, you know, it's not just all doom and gloom. It's not just, this is the terrible thing that happened to me or how bad things got, but Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of enjoyment out of it. Like it, it, you look like you're having a good time with the person. I just don't want to be defined by it. Right. Like this, this whole situation, like, and my mom is, and my, and my sister is like, they're my biggest inspiration. Like this situation, like, this is going to sound really brutal, but like my mom shouldn't be here. Like she should like that. She defied all the odds. She had COVID. She fought that. Like she carried on and like, she's still here. She gives me hell every single day. And if someone can go through that and like not let it define them and still, you know, get up every day and do what you need to do, then I I have no excuse. And, you know, I think, again, like kind of going back to like the podcast and like the journey and of all this, it's like, you can still achieve some incredible things, like even though like every, you 
you know every day is tough like you you're so much more than like your mental or physical challenge but there's one thing that you can't do and that's give up yeah that's a, that's a i think that's a, what a lot of your guests in you you know in the end talk about is that no matter yeah. what is it that you faced or challenges or difficulties in whatever in their personal life, their, their work life, or the, the case may be is that, you know, everyone's still doing what they need to, to keep, keep on going. And yeah. a lot of people doing some incredible work and some incredible things. And, and also tying into that, the need to speak up and have conversations about mental health. Yeah. Completely so, agree. What what are some things you have come to know or experience after talking to so many different people from all walks of life like about mental health? I think the first thing that pops into my head straight away is that we we all experience it. Some obviously at some very severe levels, some at minor levels, but regardless of like where you're from, what you do for a living, like we, we all feel this kind of, we've, we've all been affected by mental health issues. Another thing that kind of really kind of, it always kind of sticks out to me is that people want their voice to be heard. Like, I feel like when it comes to like mental health, a lot of people feel like they're either going to be judged for talking. They can't talk because they don't want to be like a burden on someone. And I feel like the whole kind of reoccurring kind of theme throughout the whole thing is that, yeah, no, you need to talk. You need to open up because one, it could save your life. Two, it could save someone else's. And three, whilst you're kind of opening up and talking about things you're actually inspiring someone else to be like oh well, okay if they can talk about it i can talk about it and then the person that they tell are like oh okay they're talking about it so now i can talk about it and i think that's probably the the main so i went off completely off tangent then i completely forgot what the question was <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a good point that i mean it's why you know one of the greatest skills a therapist must always have is being able to, to listen and actively listen. And, yeah, you know, it's one that like you learn first. And then as you start to learn other things, we kind of complicate listening. I think we complicate listening in general with yeah. in, in our day to day and how we communicate. But, you know, therapy, one of the things that it does is, gives you a space and I this is why I'd say I'm always trying to give someone a safe space where they can talk and share and I'm not someone that's judging them I'm not someone that's questioning their their motive for why they're doing what they're doing like I'm not someone close to them who might have what they might worry about as like a an agenda or they've got something in the situation but I am just there to listen and then people talk and they, they share that. And that's one of the things with anxiety is anxiety wants you to stay quiet. So it can just run circles in your mind with all those worst, worst case scenarios, those fears, those doubts. And when you don't do anything about it, it just stays in there. And that's why you got to find a way to actually let it out and release it. Cause sometimes in therapy, people will say things and they go, well, that doesn't really make sense. Or that wouldn't really, like we, we talked about the worst case scenarios before. Yeah. 
when sometimes when people say those out loud, they go, well, that wouldn't really happen. But if you keep that in your mind, you do think that that could happen. Joe, I, I want to, <laughs> because I obviously, I knew you were in like, obviously like the therapy world, but I was, I still get like really nervous when like I'm a guest on someone else's podcast, because it's kind of like, I'm not in control of the conversation, like thingy, but this is probably one of the first ones that I've done like within like a matter of minutes where I feel so calm and just like really like as if like I've known you for a very long time. So you're quite really a very good therapist. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. But now it all makes sense. I just thought you were a really nice person, but now. Well, I'm that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, you know, with people wanting to be heard, and yeah. I, rem- I remember, you know, I also do clinical supervision, which is I, I work with other counselors and with what they do. And I remember there's a counselor who had a, a client and he said she came in and she talked for like 95% of the time. And he just listened and just kind of basic, you know, summarizing, paraphrasing, you know, just kind of showing her that he was listening and did that a couple of times and then she stopped coming and she ended up writing him a letter saying like how much therapy helped her and he did so much and he he downplayed it he was like I didn't do anything she talked most of the time and I just listened and I was telling him I was like don't downplay listening like don't discredit that because that's not it seems easy for some of us but for other people just sitting there and listening to someone and, uh, and having them be in that space where they can share and you're not trying to come up with answers or you're not trying to tell them what to do or think about other things going on. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I think we overcomplicate it. Oh, always. It's just yeah. humans, isn't it? Like this, <laughs> We always make things 10 times harder for ourselves. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, active listening is not the hardest skill to do, but it gets overcomplicated. And then when people don't feel heard, look what happens. You know, if, if you're a child and you don't feel like you're being heard from a parent, if you're in a relationship with someone, you don't feel like you're being heard. If you're at work, then you don't feel like you're being heard. We know that that can really impact people. Yeah. I know this is your show, but can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. That's fun. So do you obviously being like a therapist, like how do you switch off and how do you kind of not take some of that home with you when you're kind of having these kind of conversations? A really amazing converse, uh, talking point that my supervisor told me, and um, he's one of my mentors. He's one of those people that, you know, you're saying close, you know, same minded, um, you know, similar goals and stuff with where we are. And a long time ago, you know, you hear that popular phrase, um, don't take your homework with you. And one time when we were talking years and years ago, he told me that it's not just about not taking your work home with you, but also not leaving yourself at work. So that when people go home, they can still be thinking about the office you know, we think that it means bringing your work home, like you're sitting there and you're like doing work all night and all that, but you could go home and be with family or or with a friend 
and your mind is still at work and you're not fully there. So that always was something that was um, enlightening to me to realize that I can't just tell myself, don't bring my work home, but that I can't, I got to, I got to bring myself home and I got to bring myself where I'm at. And the control thing is really big too. Like you said before, there's, there's things, you know, what can, what can, and can you not control? And there are things that I have to say, I can't do anything more about this, or I can't do anything till I get back to work. Um, you know, sometimes it's more difficult than others, but, you know, as, as mental health professionals, we have to be just as aware of our own mental health Yeah. and what mental health issues and, and substance use issues and other thing like that, that people bring into our room and what we're trying to help them with. And then how we manage that when we go back home into our lives. It's powerful. Like really yeah. powerful. I mean, obviously it's, it's nowhere near on that level, but like sometimes like when I've had the more serious chats, I kind of go away thinking like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to help. I need to. And it's like, hearing it like from yourself, I'm going to really take that on board. So thank you for that. And that's where I was saying with like, even saying out loud, talking to you and then hearing it yeah. is important. Like it, it resonates why I need to do that. When I keep that in my head, then I can easily try and, you know, justify, rationalize, you know, I can try and minimize it or work my way around it. But when I'm voicing it with someone and talking to you about it, it's reminding me that those are important things that I need to do. I feel like this conversation was supposed to happen today. So it's good that we messed up all the other times. Yes. So I just, so, yeah, all those, all those other times we were trying to do it. It's, it's good that we, it happened like this today. <laughs> so literally, I generally was thinking about that today. I was like, um, like I did a recording and it kind of got like a little bit deep and, you know, which is, which is, which is great, obviously. Um, but then afterwards for a good, like an hour, I actually had to take myself to the gym just to kind of think about something different. So it's, it's, it's nice to hear how you kind of like, no, okay. Remind yourself that's the job. This is your home life. And they are two separate things. Yeah. There's um, an- another two other questions that I really have that I wanted to ask you was what's, what's the future for the waffles shop? Have you thought about, you know, directions you want to go with as far as like areas with mental health? Are you, thinking about any kind of areas that you are trying to, to grow in with the waffle shop or like, what's, what's the plan for that? I guess I would ask. Um, honestly, I don't know is the answer to that question because I honestly didn't think it was going to get this far. <laughs> I thought I'd do like four episodes. Oh, I've tried it. Get bored. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah, waffle shop later. shut down already. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And now I'm talking here. about yeah. Now I'm talking about <laughs> opening up other shops. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like I've got like a real huge passion for like podcasting and stuff like that. So I'd quite like to take this newfound kind of like confidence and stuff like that. Maybe 
in a in a different kind of area of podcasting um so that's something that i'm kind of toying with at the minute um i also this sounds like i really want to start like a book club <laughs> i love that it's I've, I've thought about that for mine um we were working on one for the clinic that i practice at and i, th- I think book clubs are great and it's you let me know about that because i've wanted to do one too and oh, some... literally you'll be the first person to hear about because yeah. it's literally it's something that I've because I've really got into like my reading, like my journaling and stuff like that. And I feel like, okay, well, this is this is giving me that time out now that I that I need because the hobby became the job. So then I didn't have a hobby anymore. And there was only so much like Lego I could build and kind of like housework I could do. So I thought, oh, I started like reading. I used to love it as a kid. And then it slowly kind of like evolved into something more. Um but I don't know. I quite I I had the luxury of doing a live stream, like with a proper like studio, last mm. year. So that was quite fun. And again, out of my comfort zone. Like it was a brand new challenge. Um, but I don't know. I get I'm like one of those people that something will pop into the head. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'll write loads of post its about it, and then nothing will happen. So it's kind of really fine-tuning what I want it to do and what I want it to look like but it's, it's as you know like we were, we were talking about before we hit the record button like it's a lot of work this whole podcasting thing yeah it, it's it's a lot of work and there's a lot of I'm, I'm kind of like you know how to how do I get an intern Kramer from Seinfeld can get an intern and he oh, wasn't I'd really doing one. much but but I could use an intern yeah to do stuff but okay just to so write stuff down oh yeah or schedule <laughs> things or like answer some emails or stuff but okay so here's what i'm gonna give you this i think would be a fascinating idea for a book club and you can take this or you can throw in the garbage but for a book club as someone like myself who has a professional background like i'm always reading books on like mental health but that comes from like the realm of like academic literature or from other like therapists and stuff a very intriguing book club would be one that captures mental health throughout a variety of genres kind of like the waffle shop no the waffle bookshop yeah yeah right there oh my god oh my god yeah because (laughs) because like finding I could give like a recommendation for like a professional one on mental health, which would be great. But then like another one that would be like a comic book. Yeah. I mean, that there's no comic book that illustrates. So, like... I don't know. Like, have you, are you in my room? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I've got a pile of books here. Right. And hang on, I'm going to lean over. Two seconds. So this is, it's weird that it's, it's weird that you've said this because I've actually like put a post together that's going to be like posted tomorrow. So I've got all like my mental health kind of yeah books, but then I also have the history of the Marvel <laughs> universe, <laughs> which is also a really good book, yeah, well, a comic book. So, but yeah, that's where I think that. it would be really great if there was a book club that featured so many different genres. Yeah. of books and different types of books but the the central theme is it in it is that you talk about 
like, where do you see mental health in this? Or, or what was it that stood out? Instead of just yeah. looking at mental health specific focus, just all these different genres, you know, nonfiction, fiction, like true crime or whatever, where, whatever, but all different genres highlighting mental health, I think would be like a, that'd be a fascinating book club right there. <laughs> I so, feel like we've just made a plan. <laughs> yeah. So if we want to work on that or something, you let me know if you want to throw that idea away. You could, but I think there's some could be something I don't there. Think, I don't think I can now because I've got that like <laughs> I've got that buzz. I was like, yes, yeah. okay. Last, last question. Told you, this supposed to happen today. Yeah. Last question, and I, I always want to have something for my readers, uh, not readers, listeners, and you know, clients and patients to walk away with something that's applicable. I'm really big on giving people things to actually use and do instead of just, Oh, that sounds good. And then we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, nothing's going to happen if you don't do something with it. So my question for you after all this conversation is what is the recipe for having a good waffle? Oh, as in food or like no 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 like in, in like having in, <laughs> like in having kind of waffle. <laughs> yeah and having a good waffle with somebody regardless if it's something that is challenging whether it's something that is something that you can laugh about but what ingredients do you need to have in order to have a, a good sit down and a waffle with somebody this is a brilliant question but that's it. I think this is up there with one of my favorite questions I've ever, ever been asked. But I feel like to make a perfect waffle, you will need <laughs> some kind of like recipe. I feel like a chef or something now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll need a safe space, somewhere where you feel comfortable to talk about anything. This might be like your home, it might be on the phone, what one of your favorite places, like by the beach in a park wherever you feel most comfortable and free that's where you're going to kind of feel more comfortable to open up the next thing is like you need someone that that you trust that you feel safe around that you feel comfortable with and this again it could be a friend it could be a relative it could be a professional like you know whoever it might be as long as you feel comfortable talking to them it's going to make all the difference. I think the third thing is to, and this is probably probably a little bit hard hitting, but I think it's quite important. Like you need to get it out of your head that you're burdening someone or you're a problem. That needs to change because I almost guarantee you, and this is something that was said to me when I was at, at rock bottom, and it has stuck with me is that they would rather be reading your text or hearing your kind of you moaning about something than reading something out at your funeral. And that has stuck with me when I was at the lowest of my low throughout this whole process. So yeah, somewhere safe, someone that you trust, don't feel afraid, don't feel scared, don't feel like you're going to put someone out just by, you know, opening up and being yourself and just just do it. Because if I hadn't have opened up and started waffling, I'd dread to think where I would be. 
look at where you are now. I mean, that's an incredible a time in your life and some you're dealing with that was probably bringing about some of the, the worst of the worst, the most challenging, not knowing what was going to happen. And now here you are with it. And that's part of what the journey's brought you to. So it's yeah. incredible that it's done that. But I really like that. I'm going to create something that I can share with people, you know, clients and, and patients and families and couples that is going to have what is now our ingredients to have a good waffle. And I'm going to share that with you, but I'm, I'm going to make that so that people can have that. I'm, I'm all here for that. He's generally made my day that has. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I, I really want to thank you for, for joining this. I was not even sure if it was going to happen and you, we responded, we talked back and forth a lot, but <laughs> how it ended up working out the way it did is just part of how a lot of the stuff that we both talk about and work with end up. So I guess I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Exactly. And genuinely, I feel like I've made a friend today. So yeah, absolutely. It was meant to happen the way it was supposed to. And the best thing for people to do is go to your Instagram, the Waffle Shop podcast, where you post things, but you you do interact with people um, on there too as well, right? Yeah, like I, I love that part of it. Like I love meeting new people. I love chatting to people, like, you know, what's bothering them. Like I'm a big fan and like a big believer in like minor inconveniences, like those little things that wind us up. So I love to hear about like how people's day were because it's one thing that no one ever really asked me, like, oh, how's your day? And I feel like when you're bottling all that kind of stuff up, that's when it can lead to kind of like bigger things. So yeah, if you fancy a waffle, just drop me a DM. Yeah. And, and listen to the podcast. It's, it's great. I, I enjoy listening to them you know, give him a rating, a star. He's, it, it's a really amazing podcast. And like I said, the one of the, the first one I ever listened to in mental health. And it, it was amazing to be able to have you on the show today and pay attention. Cause maybe in the future, we'll look at a potential waffle bookshop book or something. And that could be something that happens. So thanks again, man, for joining. I, I really appreciate it. And all the time you spend with this is amazing. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Genuinely, like my face is hurting from smiling. Like I've had a really good time. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So check out his Instagram. Go to the different platforms where the podcast is and sit down with one another, have a waffle and hope you learn something.